You're listening to Halford and Bruff. Sometimes when you're having a baby, it sort of takes precedence over things. I just think he's starting to skate now. Some days you look like, you know, uh, whirlwinds, and other days you you don't. Definitely walk my dogs more often than they were used to. <laughs> it's a dark city, right? Exactly. Yeah, it's uh, definitely been a long time coming. You know, we know that they're going to be coming all over us. Well, that's my favorite Brock Bessard quote ever. I don't know if it should be or not. And by the way, I think that's a two-minute penalty. It might be double minor. I don't think it's a major. Andy, that's at least a minor if you do that all over the ice. I mean, it depends on how frequently it happens. You know, I imagine each time the penalty would increase. You could... And eventually just have to throw you out. Repeat offenders. Yeah. Game misconduct. Yeah, very mature show we have here. You know, but if the... You give the people what they want. Exactly. It's one of the key things. Hello there. Good morning. Brooke Ward with you, along with Dan O'Connor, Andy Cole. We got A. Cole here. (laughs) A dog sounds a lot better, I know, but... Yeah, I mean, you could call me A. Cole if you want, but that <laughs> kind of rhymes with something I don't like so much. It's so. been done more than once this morning, I think. Uh, and uh, Dan O'Connor with us. Hello, Dan. We're all in for Halford and Bruff, who are missing in action this week. Hello, Mr. O'Connor. How you doing? Good morning, guys. Uh, day two, day two. Uh, of the show and day two of me still not getting... Me, me still not getting that Brock Bester quote, and I'm, I'm hoping by the end of the week anyway that I'll, I'll get Brooke to explain it to I me. I really don't want to. Your Uncle Jack, he was at the Giants game last night. He was asking me about uh, that. Complimented you, by the way. Lots of props for you and Andy, at least, at the Vancouver Giants last game, so... A lot of loyal listeners who are out there to watch. The Giants lost 3 nothing, by the way, last night with an empty netter to Victoria and play on Friday night in Victoria. But uh, otherwise, pretty good hockey game. And uh, I'm glad you're here, Dan. Dan, I'm always glad you're here. They miss you out there, though. Yeah, yeah you know you what? what? It's, it's um, um, oh, got, got the echo in my head again for a second. No, we're, we're, we're good now. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I... I Hope to go to more games in the new year. It's one of my many, many resolutions, and maybe we can get into some of those tomorrow when uh, when when it's our final show of 2022 together, guys. But uh, good morning. It's um, it's an exciting day, you know, on, on the heels of a, of a very emphatic bounce back from Canada at the World Juniors Canucks game day, where they go into Winnipeg, a Canucks team that's won three in a row against a Jets team that is uh, that has lost three in a row. So I think we've got some intrigue, uh, you know, certainly pertaining to this matchup. Are the Jets ripe for the picking? Uh, can the Vancouver Canucks go two games over 500 for the season uh, on the cusp of a very difficult stretch of scheduling? Uh, it's just great to be reconnected with you guys from, uh, you know, from this vantage point. And I'm looking forward to what the show has in store today. You'd be the one, man. Uh, that's good for you, though. Halford and Bruff are away this week, and they'll be back on Tuesday of next week. So this is everything you want from a morning show except for Halford and Bruff. It's just past 0600 on a Thursday morning. What does the O stand for? Oh, my God, it's early. Who starts it? I guess stockbrokers, you got to have your 6 a.m. radio. I mean, Andy, if I had my choice, though, that, that little prime 8 to 11 slot, 
Oh, I've been pushing for that for years. It's never happened. Come on, this man. This doesn't seem to be in the cards. <laughs> Who needs this? Although the big Ontario audience that uh, Halford and Bruff have, though. This guys. is true. Yeah. So, I mean. Halford want... and Bruff, known Leafs fans. Yeah, exactly. So they're <laughs> running nine. This program, when they're here, nine to noon back at Sportsnet. Oh, absolutely. East as well. So that's kind of prime time. But. Uh, we get you through the morning drive, but who in the heck's out there at 6 a.m. in the morning? I've always wondered, who needs who needs sports at 6 a.m.? But I'm glad you do, because we're here, <laughs> if nothing else. Well, uh, and, and hey, guys, it's 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 one of those things where, like, I, I mean, I, I did morning radio for ooh, five years in my younger days, and I and I never got used to it. Some people, A-Dog, I'm not sure about you, if, if it's you've done this long enough where it just sort of comes naturally uh, to you after so long, you just sort of get used to your routine. I never did the, the alarm when it rang in the morning, when it sounded in the morning, it, it just never felt natural. It was always a chore, always a bit of a battle for me to get up. So I envy the folks that, that can just do this, um, w- without even blinking because yesterday I felt it. It was a, uh, it was a grind even for me yesterday at about 11 AM to be like, Oh yeah, I've been, I've been up already for about, you know, six and a half hours already. I know it's it's tricky. I mean, I this is year eight or nine for me doing mornings, and uh, I have to. I have a two alarm system. I have to set two alarms just on the off chance my first one fails because that has happened once or twice. But uh, yeah, you, you don't really ever get used to it, but you kind of develop a rhythm over time, and it gets a little bit easier. I used to be graveyard at uh, many times actually back early in my career. I was a country music disc jockey graveyard on. WX1130, when it used to be on Burrard Street. I'm going way back to the 1980s, probably a couple of years ahead of both of your times. But I was a, a graveyard, midnight to six, a disc jockey on country music radio WX1130 in this neat little old, old studio on Burrard Street. And you never got used to that. And literally, disc jockey, you actually had to physically put the disc in the player, did you not? I assume you're not firing off of carts or anything. It was carts back then in the 80s. Yeah, oh, you had so the little, little, like the it tape, was tape-shaped carts? Size of a, another thing you won't know, understand, an 8-track. Right, right, right. Well, a, I remember that in radio school. They showed us, like, this is how we used to do it. And I'm just like, wow, it. that's a... I can just click a button here. You had songs and you had your commercials, and they were all individually done on what looked like an eight track and had one song on each. And in country music, every song was two minutes long. So by the end of a six hour shift, you had played every country music song ever written. So, uh, and uh, you'd pop it into a machine, you hit a button, it plays, and the commercials did the same thing. Pop it into a machine, hit a button, it would play. Now and then I was spinning actual vinyl records. Oh, wow. Back in the day with their pops and their skips. And See, all we got to bring that back. That's well, got to be a thing again. Oh, you know, some people like the flavor of the vinyl records. Oh, vinyl. I'm a, I'm a big audiophile, I guess you'll say. And I mean, vinyl, it doesn't sound better than that. Like, it's just, it's such a clean, warm sound. It, it's nothing, it, I mean, it's it doesn't sound like digital at all. Like, if you have a, the, a chance to listen to a really good album on vinyl, that's the way to do it. If you have a good ear uh, as well. And Dan, we used good to- Good sound uh, system helps also. It's still cool at home, Dan, uh, if- for those who have, I think anyway, a, an actual turntable at home that you're running the, the odd record on in this day and age, and people say that's how we used to do it. Yep. Well, so I read a story yesterday, guys, that I guess in 2022, for the first time probably since the 80s, I would imagine vinyl sales uh, were larger than compact disc sales. And duh, I guess. But, uh, you know, you, you sort of you walk through, you, you know, any city now seems to have a record store. Oh, yeah. Uh, r- really cool to uh, to see it. Um, so, so that's sort of 
sort of fitting. And the uh, we, our, our myths have been dispelled early here this morning, Brooke, on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Um, uh, Adam, the former bath guy, is up. Miner Matt from Abbotsford is up. Ramsey, the highway worker, uh, 5 a.m. start for him. So good morning, guys. Thank you for weighing in and thank you for assuring us. Dawn in Penticton as well is uh, is up and, and, and sounding off on us a little bit to, to start the day. But no, it's uh, the 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 record versus compact disc 2022, the year that uh, vinyl sales uh, are are really pronounced uh, in their rise again. I don't have to like the 4:30 a.m. wake up call, even though we have some people who are up now. I didn't didn't mean I have to like it. Even if I was doing it every day, don't have to like it. But Adam, the the former bath guy, gets up at 4 a.m. every day to stop whining. Uh, I'll take that in a positive manner. Recycling truck. You mentioned uh, Ramsey. 3.30 a.m. He works the highways. 3.30 a.m. Thank good, you, Ramsey. Good morning, Ramsey. He's the guy who tuned me in yesterday about the reflectors that I can't remember what they're called, Ramsey, again. Uh, but the highway reflectors that uh, have been missing in action since the snow fell and that the... Uh, uh, the snow plows clip them off and uh, clip the tops off. And so be careful on the roads, especially when it's slick out there, because it takes them till spring, Ramsey told me yesterday, before they glue them back down again. Uh, and, uh, yeah, a lot of people get up early. So I'm glad we're here because some people get up early. If you're working at 7-Eleven, you never sleep. But it doesn't mean I have to like that 4.30 a.m. wake-up call after a Giants game the night before and getting home at midnight. Nah, but that's how we rule as well. Yes, I know. I didn't know. Getting up for sports radio was so tough, says somebody on the inbox as well. It's not a lot of fun. Who wants to get up at 4 in the frickin' morning, man? Uh, the Dunbar Lumber text line. You can get in it now as some people are doing 650-650. Dunbar Lumber, the smart alternative. You can visit them on Arbutus in Vancouver. Uh, Dunbar Lumber also on Bridge Street in Ladner. Online at DunbarLumber.com. We come to you from the Kin Tech Studios. Andy's up early. We're all up early this morning. Coming to you live from the Kintech Studio, Kintech Footwear, Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Uh, and by the way, Don in Penticton says the Brock Besser soundbite is getting old. It's day two for that clip. You know, we know that they're going to be coming all over us everywhere on the ice. It's going to be heard probably a few It's day two. It's, it's really unfortunate that Don texted that in because obviously <laughs> now, just despite Don, I'm going to be playing it way more than I had planned and oh, lower the bar man. even further as we like to do on this show. Look what you've done, Don. Well, yeah, way to go, bud. You've lowered it enough this week without Halford and Bruff here with myself <laughs> and Dan and... So I think most of the listeners are used to the juvenile humor by now, but every once in a know. while, you know. I don't know. Once in a while. I'm not necessarily big on it uh, every day of the week, but it's two days old. This is radio. Dawn, lesson number one in radio. If you get a soundbite like that as an example, uh, you're probably going to hear it for a while. Uh, it, it's going to be a hotkey. It's still fresh. Yeah. It's still fresh. It's still simmering on the pot right now. Meanwhile, let's get rocking. Let's get rolling. Let's find out what happened. <laughs> Hey, did you guys see the game last night? No. What happened? I missed all the action because I was... We know how busy your life can be. What happened? Missed that? You missed that? What happened? Dado, big time, world junior. You can tell me what happened. Why should I save my breath here early in the morning? I'm still at my second cup of tea. Uh, what happened last night? World juniors, it went the right direction for Canada last night, my friend. 
Uh, boy, did it ever. And, and I think the two glaring storylines from this game, uh, one is some low-hanging fruit for Canuck fans, which I'll get to in a moment, but seven points for Connor Bedard. And, and just when you think that this player has sort of, okay, yeah, 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 first overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft, uh, can we talk about something else? Well, he goes out and does something spectacular something that just no ordinary human being can do seven points in an 11-2 victory for Canada Connor Bedard seven points uh only two other Canadians have ever gotten seven points in a world junior game can you name them no I will for you Dave Andrachuk did it in 1983 and then in 2009 in Saskatoon I was actually at this game when Gabriel Bork opened the tournament against Latvia I believe it was he had a seven point game for for Canada so some uh, rare company for Connor Bedard in his uh, seven point outing against Germany and an 11-2 win for Canada that has everybody breathing a little bit easier today uh, Canada plays Austria a little later on today, so that is no doubt going to be a victory for Canada. They're going to be 2-1 and one by the end of the day. Uh, there, I'll say it, and um, setting up what's going to be just an incredible hockey game on New Year's Eve against the Swedes. Uh, but the other takeaway from the game yesterday, guys, and I know that Twitter was was going on this a little bit, and I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll poke the bear a little bit this morning. Uh, another hat trick on the Canadian roster, and it was courtesy of Dylan Gunther. Uh, why does this matter? Well, Dylan Gunther was the uh, first round selection that the Arizona Coyotes used from the draft pick that they received from the Vancouver Canucks in the trade that netted Vancouver, Connor Garland and Oliver Ekman Larson. So, uh, would you rather have uh, have a uh, an up and coming Dylan Gunther on your uh, in your prospect pipeline or door door number 2 Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland so uh, Dylan Gunther sort of leading the way uh, offensively as well for Canada and providing us with some early morning fodder on this Thursday yes sir back to Jim Benning and the boys as we wait to see if things have changed with how well the Canucks do on trades under Rutherford and Alvine as well but I didn't like – there's so many things you brought up right there, Dan, too. I didn't like the that deal in the first place simply because – I mean, you finally got around. It's going back to Benning, but it still, as you mentioned, filters through with Gunther here, who's played, by the way, 21 games this year in the National Hockey League, has three goals and eight assists as well. Uh, so, I mean, basically, this guy also has had a taste at this age, the former Edmonton Oil King. But yeah, I didn't like that deal when it was done. A, w- never mind Garland – who is doing well, I would say, at the moment at $5 million. Another contract, the Canucks could, I like him, but do I like him at $5 mil? Another contract long-term, another contract the Canucks could look at moving if you're trying to create some cap space. That, uh, but uh, I didn't like taking on $8 million a year, a 7.2 cap hit long-term for a suspect OEL who people at the time, Dan, were saying, oh, maybe just, a, and I think it might have been Benning, we think a change of scenery will help him. Well, I don't want you to think a change of scenery. You better know a change of scenery. And as well, uh, you're still trying to eat on that contract, away and away, never mind what you gave up, to lose deals, Dan, that were up in a year, basically. Most The Erickson deal was up in a year. You couldn't well, wait it out. Yeah. You had enough of that. You couldn't wait it out. You couldn't buy it mm-hmm. out. 
this is just another dumb move going back for the Canucks that still continues to affect them with young players they could have drafted as well as the existing players they're trying to bite on these contracts with. Well, and the fact that he was he was flirting with with thirty at, at the time of the deal, and and I know that that um, you know the the fact that this contract is is only probably going to age worse uh, over time is 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 something that I know has been discussed to death uh, in this market, and and will be likely uh, until there's some sort of solution on the horizon. But um, no, I, I mean. You know, I'm I'm sort of sitting here watching Connor Bedard, and and you, you sort of think about other number one overall picks and and recent prospects that have sort of really moved the meter. Um, I mean, Austin Matthews never got seven points in a World Junior game. I mean, granted, it was a bit of a different circumstance back then, and and Austin Matthews he played his draft year professionally out of Switzerland, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean. It, is I'm, tr- I'm I'm trying to sort of figure out if if Connor Bedard is the most hyped prospect since Connor McDavid, and, and I think the answer has to be yes, guys. Especially just with what what he's doing, and I think the biggest takeaway for me watching Connor Bedard is is just the expression on his face never changes, uh, and, and I use this term almost complimentary, but he was robotic in his dominance yesterday. Like he he was just impregnable with the way he was just going about his business um and even early on with the game you know tied 1-1 Germany sort of gets a gets a squeaky one to tie the game Connor Bedard just said follow me guys I'm 17 years old and I'm going to put the team on my back and and then just I'll, I'll tie a bow around this guys with some some world junior fodder here the single tournament record for points by a player under the age of 18 at the world juniors Yarmer Yager, 18 points in the 1990 World Juniors. Wayne Gretzky had 17 when he was just 16 years old. Uh, Eric Lindros and Jesse Pugliarvi also had 17 points as under 18 players. Um, Bedard has five more games to go, probably, to try and get there. Um, he's got eight points in the first two games uh, and with a, with a layup today against Austria. Uh, I think he's going to get awfully close, if not be right there with the likes of Yager, Gretzky, Lindros, and Pugliarvi, which one of those guys is not like the other. Well, you mentioned some big names there, too. And Andrew Truck, as you mentioned off the top, he's had a seven-point game. Who's Gabriel Bork? I must admit, not off the top on the head of Borks when you throw that name at me. Hey, Angry Typer, cut that out. Uh, (laughs) Who is Gabriel Bork? Uh, I meant that you... Gabriel Bork was, oh, I can tell you who Gabriel Bork was. If please, you'd like to know. please tell me who he is. <laughs> yeah. At the time he was a fifth round draft pick of the Nashville Predators. What year? I uh, played for, uh, he was a fifth round pick in 2009. So see, he would have been drafted by Nashville in 2009. Then he would have gone to Canada, the world juniors and, and put up that seven point game, uh, played for Bay Como and Moncton out of the queue. And, uh, as most recent as 2019, 20 Gabriel Bork played 52 games in a season for the Winnipeg Jets and appeared in three playoff games. He's got a, a a decent, a respectable NHL career, 413 career NHL games, 36 more in the playoffs, and 40 career NHL regular season goals to his credits. So 
Gabriel Bork with Nashville, Colorado, and Winnipeg currently plays in the American League with Laval in the, uh, the Laval Rocket in the American Hockey League. Still playing, never heard of him. 400 NHL games, he's played, never heard of him. There's a few of those guys floating around that I haven't heard of over the years. A lot of players in the league now, Dan. It's not a six-team league anymore. There's a lot of players <laughs> in this league. Over 400 games for Gabriel Bork. Uh, yep. And so that World Junior Tournament where he had seven points in one game uh, only added two more points for the entire remainder of the tournament. Finished uh, with six games played, nine total points. And that was the World Junior guys, um, the the second World Juniors for Jordan Eberle. It was the, the Canada-U.S. final. John Carlson won it for the United States in overtime on a on a patented John Carlson shot from from down the right wing, uh, it was in Saskatoon. It was uh, it was quite a tournament. Uh, Braden Shen, Jordan Everly, Taylor Hall, Nazem Kadri, just some of the notable alumni uh, of that Canadian World Junior Club as well. Canada eleven two over Germany. They've got Austria today. Bedard three goals, four assists. Gunther potentially a Canuck. They would, have, they would have picked somebody else anyway, probably. But anyway, Gunther, that Arizona used, the Canuck pick that they picked up in that big deal where Vancouver unloaded a whole bunch of one-year contracts and took back a whole bunch of longer-term contracts. Well, one anyway. Stan Coven, the Kamloops Blazers stud, Dallas Star pick, a goal and two helpers. And Zach O. Stopchuk, some love for the Vancouver Giant. He scored as well. Just about everybody did. Actually, that's not true. Bedard and uh, Gunther had six of the 11. Zach Ostopchuk, good on him. That's the 11-1. Canada win over Germany, Austria today for the Canadians. Uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity, buddy, and you don't have to take me up on this, but as I'm just playing lead here for what happened, do you have what happens? I bet you may have what happens, and I've never. it's only our second day working together, so I don't know if this throw is going to be smooth or not, or if that's entirely possible at this point, Dan. Uh, I do. Well, there was a, a pretty sizable comeback in the NHL last night, and, and one that has Pittsburgh Penguins fans probably not feeling too good about life this morning, but uh, a 4-0 lead for the Pittsburgh Penguins dissipated um, into nothing with the Detroit Red Wings coming back and and staking claim to a victory. Um, it, you know, a, a total come from behind win for the Detroit Red Wings. Who, you know, you want to talk about teams again, low hanging fruit, but I'm going to go there. I mean, you, you know, you sort of look at the the teams that have been toiling at the bottom of the NHL standings for for so many years with with Buffalo and Detroit. Um, Ottawa Senators have, have struggled maybe a little bit more than we thought they would, but you've got New Jersey, Detroit, and Buffalo out east that are all playing 500 or better hockey right now. Uh, Steve Eiserman and some savvy moves made by the Red Wings in the offseason. I don't think Detroit is a playoff team this year. Uh, they, they've still got a pretty big mountain to climb, and right now they're they're sort of six points back of that uh, well, no, yeah, yeah, there's six points back of the New York Rangers right now in the East, albeit with three games in hand. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, a, a pretty epic comeback for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the Calgary Flames were winners last night, a 3-2 regulation win over the Seattle Kraken. So if you're if you're already scoreboard watching on behalf of, you know, being a Canucks fan and trying to figure out sort of what that means, well, it was big for Calgary because it vaulted the Flames into the top three 
of the Pacific Division standings. The Seattle Kraken, they've been, you know, so consistent this year in their second year of existence, but all of a sudden they are now in a wild card spot. And what this now sort of means from a Canuck perspective is right now ahead of you, if you are the Canucks, you've got Edmonton at 40 points, Colorado at 40 points. You're probably not catching them. They're going to round into form. You've got Edmonton and Seattle ahead of you with 40 points. You've got 35 if you're the Vancouver Canucks. One of those two teams in your division, you're going to have to leapfrog. And I'm looking at Seattle as that team that if the Canucks are going to do it, that's going to be the team to catch. But given the uh, the challenges that present the Canucks in their schedule, it is a tall mountain to climb indeed. But the Calgary Flames doing the Canucks a, a, a favor, question mark, last night with a regulation road victory and Jonathan Huberto starting to heat up as well for the Calgary Flames. Not so sure how much of a favorite it is, too. That was a pick last night because of just what you mentioned. Like, Calgary's now ahead of him in, in a wild card position. The Canucks are now chasing, so that was a game. No matter what happened last night, Canucks are going to lose ground on teams they're chasing. When we come back, Dan, let's talk about who falls in and who falls out. Because, as you mentioned, the Canucks right now sitting on 35 points, five points behind three teams that are tied up for two wild card spots. There's some names in there, too. So who falls in, who falls out? The Kraken's fall may have started in the out category. And who's behind Vancouver or right with Vancouver that's likely to fall in? So not only are the Canucks chasing some teams, there's some teams right around them that are likely, they're not bad enough to fall out. they got to fall in if you follow. We're going to fall into a commercial break. We've got more things coming your way, too. I'll run down the full scoreboard for you on the other side as well. Brooke Ward, Dan O'Connor, A. Cole. You know, A-Dog. He's slow on that one. You'll get there eventually. A-Dog is with us. You bark me up if you wanted to right there. Uh, anyway, uh, we're coming back in just a moment. Stay with us. Halford and Bruff are away this week. They're back next Tuesday. Everything you wanted a morning show except Halford and Bruff. This is Sportsnet 650. 6.32 a.m. Not my favorite 6.32 on the clock. I'm just saying I don't want it to come across as whining. I'm just stating fact. If you ask me what's your favorite 632 on the clock, well, would it be AM or PM? Come on, everybody. You all know the answer. We know your answer. I mean, are pancakes involved? Because if there are pancakes involved, oh. I might actually pick the AM. It just I depends on how the, many pancakes. I though. might have that for dinner tonight, actually, Andy. What it I makes think a great it. dinner, you know. Because every now and breakfast for dinner is a good thing. It's very underrated. Steak and eggs for yep. dinner. Come on. You can eat pancakes anytime you like. Anyway, if you ask me, now it's 6.33 in the clock. What's my favorite 6.33? We know the answer. Uh, Dan O'Connor is with us. I'm here. Andy Cole uh, is with us. No Hulford, no Bruff, lots of whining. Do they whine a lot, Andy? Well, uh, okay. Bruff does, yes. Halford okay. sort of puts up with it. <laughs> no, no, Halford whines a lot, too, actually, now that I think about it. I don't consider this whining, Dan, but anyway. Uh, I think a stating fact, man, you got up for a lot of early road trips. I remember back with the Vancouver Canadians years ago, we would, uh, uh, certain cities, Colorado, Colorado Springs, you had to get to the airport on time for your flight. That was like a 4 a.m. wake up call to catch an 8 a.m. flight in Colorado. Who am I talking to Dan O'Connor? You ride a lot of buses from 4 to 8 a.m. Yeah, you know what? The, especially in the in the Prince George days, there were some there were some interesting um, road trip departure times, and uh, and certainly a lot of re- arriving at the rink uh, sort of at around three, four, or five in the morning. So you you get sort of used to 
you know, the body clock functioning at different times. Um, this might be an unpopular take, guys. I am not a fan of breakfast for dinner. Why? I, I just don't. I just don't Why? Get What's it. wrong with you? No, I, I, I mean, tr- uh, maybe once a year, sort of right time, right place, you know, you know, pay, you, few days left till payday and you're, oh, I've got some eggs in the fridge. Sure, why not? <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It, it, it's just never really been my thing. Yeah, and you're telling right. me if somebody handed you a big stack of blueberry pancakes at 6 p.m. and gave you a knife and fork, you wouldn't eat them? Because <laughs> I bet you probably would. But you wouldn't oh. even be tempted by that? Yeah. Y- y- Okay, I mean, I'm an eater, and, and you know what? Yeah, <laughs> fine, I'm uh, an eater. But, but 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 would I be? I'm something thrilled? of an eater. <laughs> I, I've been known to eat everything. <laughs> I've been known to eat everything. What do you, uh, what, most things? Here's what I'd like to ask our inbox people. And we're getting lots of action in the inbox too. Uh, six fifty, six fifty, the Dunbar Lumber text bot. What would you have if you're going to have breakfast for dinner? What's your dinner of choice that would be breakfast? How about that? What do you? What would you do? Because I would go steak and eggs, and I, you don't do it every day, by the way. I'm just that saying. That almost for the doesn't lads count, here. though, because steak is already a dinner. Come on, man! But you throw a couple of eggs in there, it changes everything up. Because you could go to your local restaurant, steak and eggs for see, breakfast. Al- see, alternatively, steak and eggs for breakfast has already always been tough for me see? because it's so so heavy. Like I'm not like I'm, I'm not going to go down that road. I was gonna say, not, a, not a big sausage guy, but I've, I've gone down that road before with Howard and Bruff, so I'm going to skip that one. But I, steak for breakfast yeah. is is it's it's heavy, man. It's it's well, a tough one. Know. That's pretty good. I, it's tough to beat too. What, Vegas in Vegas, you can be up at four in the morning, and there used to be at the at Binion's the Horseshoe at four. If you waited up till four a.m., you would get uh, a two dollar. Full, like, five-course meal, steak, eggs, dessert, the whole thing at four. And we did it once, and that was enough. Just I, for If you're staggering home at four, that's one thing. I mean, if you're still up, I but guess we it's stayed not technically up. breakfast. It was, it was worth the wait to do it once. If you're staggering home from the casino, you may as well have the steak and egg breakfast for $2. That said, you, uh, we stayed up. If you haven't gone to bed yet, though, is it really breakfast? Oh, man. It wasn't enjoyable because I was ready to go to You're sleep telling it. me a $2 steak wasn't yeah. delicious? Well, it made up for the extra <laughs> three hours. No, actually, it was great. Oh, was it? Okay. No, it was great. But we, I was going to say, I don't know. But, you know, I didn't enjoy the meal because I was waiting an extra three. I want to go to bed at 1 o'clock and said, no, you got to stay up till 4. I was with the ball team, right? You had to step up. Uh, you got to stay up till 4 a.m. We got to have that. Set. Oh, man. So by the time I got there, it was just like not that enjoyable. I just want to go to bed. Yeah. But it was pretty good. If you're going to stay up, it was pretty good. So you can hit me. What would you have for dinner? There you go. What a great Halford and Bruff topic. What what breakfast would you have for dinner? Fruit Loops count. You can do that too, Dan. You'll hop in on that. You're an eater. And, uh, He's an eater. Join us as well. If you will. Well, sorry, Ryan, on the. Uh... Sorry, guys. Surrey Ryan on the Dunbar Lumber text line saying Dan has lost all credibility with this listener base. Surrey Ryan, uh, that happened long before I decided that uh, that I'm not a big breakfast for dinner guy. That That happened uh, before he got on the air two days ago. Uh, It had all it's been done. Speaking of the Brock Besser quote, some people are saying they're tired of already. Uh, Dan's credibility was long gone before he ever got here. Uh, Andy says uh, Andy steak and eggs is heavy. Where's my 13 pancakes? Table saw James goes with that as well. I can see this is going to be a theme. I see how this works on the morning show right now as we continue to rock here. By the way, coming up on the program, maybe a good idea to tell you that. Coming up at the top of the hour, 
Uh, Marat Atash from The Athletic in Winnipeg. Uh, as Dan had mentioned earlier, Jets have lost three in a row. Canucks have won three in a row. Something to give there. We'll talk with him. Frank Saravelli, the great man from Daily Faceoff NHL Talk. Batch is with us. Brendan Batchelor, your fine Canucks play-by-play man on Sportsnet 650. He's coming up at 8 o'clock this morning as well. NHL scoreboard, I promised you just real quickly through it. Why not? Uh, the Ducks or check it out. I'll go with the Flames first. Flames over the Kraken 3-2 in a game the Canucks knew at least it didn't go to a shootout. Extra time. Wasn't a three-point game. That's the best news for Vancouver. Someone was going to win that. Flames caught the uh, Kraken and passed him in the standings with their 3-2 win. So, in effect, the Canucks stay five points out of a playoff spot, but the Kraken fall back. The Flames move up to Foley. Kadri's got 14 now. Huberdeau bulged the twine. For Calgary in that one as well. Ducks 3-2 over the Golden Knights. Henrique had a pair for Anaheim in that one. The the rare win for Anaheim as they try to take themselves. Oh, Ben Hutton, by the way, is still in the league. He's played four or five games with Vegas now. Ben Hutton's back. He scored as well for the Golden Knights in that one. Red Wings 5-4. They come from behind. Overtime victory over the Penguins. Uh, we've got the Bruins with another win. They're 28-4-3. Bergeron had the game winner. Uh, late in the third period, 3-1 the final in that one. Bruins over the Devils. Devils not whining about their 22-11-2 record, too. And the Lightning beat the Montreal Canadiens. I don't hate the Canadians as much as I used to because I feel sorry for them, frankly, now. Uh, but it's still good to see them lose. Lightning improved to 21-11-1. Old habits never die. Uh, Kalorn had one in that one. Braden Point had had two in that. He's got 19 on the year as well. That's your NHL scoreboard for last night. Gosh darn it, there should be a sponsor tagged into that one. Dan O'Connor, who falls in, who falls out? I'm looking at the National Hockey League standings. I see that Calgary has mentioned past the Kraken. Right now you got Vegas in the Pacific. you got Vegas with 50. you got the Kings with 46. The Flames with 41. Those are your top three in the Pacific. Your two wildcard teams are the Kraken and Avalanche with 40. Edmonton has 40 as well. Played more games, though, so they're on the outside looking in. Canucks, Blues have 35. The Preds are only two behind Vancouver and St. Louis. They've got 33. If I'm looking at this, there's some quality teams floating around the Canucks that I just think have to catch some fire sometime. So while the Canucks try and make the playoff spot, other teams are too. Who falls in? Who falls out? I mean, it's hard to argue against the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, we we talked with David Amber yesterday, and and sort of the 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 journey through for the Edmonton Oilers, uh, another sort of wobbly year under the McDavid umbrella, right? I mean, you know, if you were to have said at the start of the season that that Edmonton would be a non-playoff team through thirty-six games, I, I think a few people would have raised their eyebrows at you. But you look at the injuries that they've had to deal with, especially up front. And then, of course, the the wonky goaltending situation. I mean, wh- where would the Edmonton Oilers be without Stuart Skinner? It, it could be very lean for them uh, because the Jack Campbell contract certainly has not had some early positive returns for the Edmonton Oilers. So, I mean, right now you're sort of looking at Edmonton, Vancouver, and St. Louis all on the outside looking in. Vancouver and St. Louis, five points back of the Oilers, easy to sort of say hmm Edmonton or Seattle one of those teams misses one of those teams gets in I'd lean heavily to the Oilers because I think Colorado who who again have just been you you think Edmonton's injuries have been bad Colorado is next level when you, you 
you lose Landeskog, you lose Bowen Byram, you lose Nathan McKinnon, and on and on and on and on. So certainly right now it would seem that if there is a faller, I think it's Seattle. If there is a riser, I think it's Edmonton. But when you look at the, the Canucks, and, you know, can they, will they, should they continue their climb up the Western Conference standings? Um, they're, they're going to have to... Uh, probably win eight of their next 12 games in order to do that. And when you see the challenge that their schedule presents, especially in the month of January, it is going to be a tough task indeed. Well, look where the, I don't expect the Canucks to make it. They're on a roll at the moment and playing. I don't know how well they're playing necessarily, but they are getting wins and beating some teams they should beat and some teams that I wouldn't necessarily think they would beat as well. But uh, I didn't think the Kings would be where they are with 46 points after 38 hockey games. I didn't expect them to be second. I don't see them falling out, but I didn't expect them to be there. So that's one of the surprise teams for me. But the Knights, the Kings, and the Flames, I think, uh, well, the Knights and the Kings, I, I don't want to say they're home and cool, but I expect them to be there. Maybe the Kings hit the wall, Dan, angry typer. Maybe the Kings hit the wall, but I'm not so sure. But the Flames are going to make the playoffs. Colorado's going to make the playoffs. Edmonton's going to make the playoffs. Seattle falls out, and that leaves – there's no spots. If you have the Knights, the Kings, the Flames, Avalanche, Oilers, all, there's no, no place for Vancouver to go, basically, in that mix. So I think those are the teams. It's an uphill climb for the Canucks still. What are they on, a 7-3 and three run even since Demko went down? Yet they're still five points out of the playoffs. So that start to the season just crushed them. They're not going to continue at this pace. How can they? I still look behind their blue line. Nothing's changed. They're getting some wins, but nothing's changed behind their blue line. So they cannot continue this. They will not continue this long term. They may win in Winnipeg tonight, although the Jets are due to win. The Canucks are due to lose. But I would think right now, I'm with you with the Seattle Kraken falling out. I think the Oilers will kick it into another gear, though, Dan. And St. Louis will be heard from again as well. And they're floating around with the Canucks. So it's just such a tough road that the Canucks have set themselves on with their 0-5-2 start. I can't see how they get out of this and get off this road. And the fact that, I mean, with so many games going to overtime and going to shootouts, I mean, and and, and sort of as you mentioned earlier in the show as well, Brooke, I mean, the fact that when Seattle and, and Calgary play one another, you're just hoping for a regulation win one way or the other. There's just so many points up for grabs for all of these teams and just that murky middle where the Canucks find themselves it's just not a very enviable place to be uh the reason for my frantic typing uh, uh just uh, a quick aside it's, looking a, it's through angry the lumber it's, text it's, line. it's angry typing um, you sound like an angry man it's fast it's angry <laughs> um you, you know what so a couple of people texting in wondering about the toronto maple leafs being fined uh one hundred thousand dollars uh for traveling to st louis um, the, the, the long and the short, a, a few people wondering why such a, a heavy fine was sort of levied against the Toronto Maple Leafs a few days ago. Well, uh, and this is interesting because apparently there is a, a clause in the collective bargaining agreement, which, which states that uh, between, I, I believe it was December 23rd through December 26th, you are not allowed to do any team activities. Um, so And so because the Toronto Maple Leafs, in essence, traveled a day early, um, they got hit with a, with a pretty hefty fine, but um, they, they ended up winning the game. And I think they were the only road team or one of the only road teams on the 27th to do exactly that. So 
I think if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs, it was money well spent, and I don't think they're going to be losing any sleep over that fine. But uh, just to clarify a, a bit of the curiosity from the text line, that is why the Leafs were fine, because they traveled a day early when they weren't supposed to. Hours early, in fact, too. Like two, three, maybe four hours early. The embargo would have been lifted at midnight, and then you can fly out on the 27th officially. But the NHL CBA says you cannot leave early. That Those are designated days off for the players. Least players then would have had to buy into that and say, that's fine, we'll leave early. And uh, willing to at least cut short our Christmas vacation by a few hours. So for the sake of maybe a couple hours, and I think they arrived at destination in, at about 11 p.m., prior to the 27th. So that's basically it's against the rules of the collective bargaining agreement. So they got banged with a $100,000 fine for doing it, even though the players were buying into it. But that's not what the CBA said. But if that translated any way into victory for them, because they left four hours early, Dan, they'll take that win. I don't know if they avoided some travel issues by doing that too, because of all the weather issues back east and making sure they got out or at least got out smoothly, because it was ugly everywhere for a while. But there's a hundred grand anyway that uh, they they cheated, man. They're the Leafs. They cheated. They left early. To heck with them. Uh, waffles and berry reduction with whipped cream and a milkshake for dinner. Let's go, says somebody. That's a lot of sugar, man. <laughs> at, at for dinner. That's one thing. If I'm having breakfast for dinner, I don't want to load it up with a lot of sugar. I have to go to sleep. Hopefully, at some time in the evening. Uh, Surrey Ryan says Danny's. We're running out of Danny's, too. They're clo- the one on Marine Drive's closing down. Been there for- oh, that was my go-to yeah, when man. I was young. Well, that was the old munch-out spot back in the day. Sleeven, did you know? I didn't know that. That's sad, man. It's on its way. I don't think it's already gone, but the Marine Drive Danny's, we're running out of Danny's. Well, I know there's one on Davie by where I live. Or I think yep. there still is. Well, I, mean, I haven't it- been there in ages, but I'm pretty sure there's one on There's Davey's. one on Davie. Yeah. And I drove by one on the north side of the Lionsgate Bridge the other day, that Danny's that's over there on Marine Drive, I yeah. guess. Yeah, well, that was my. I'm a North Van boy. That's yeah. the one I grew up going to when I was a kid. And, oh, man, I love that place. That's the Oh, see, I'm talking about the other one, Vancouver. Marine Drive. Oh, you're talking about okay, different you, Marine Drive. You West Van. Yeah, I'm, I'm the North Van Marine Drive. West Van Dan or West, West Van. West Van. Yeah, no, I'm talking that one is still there. Okay, I assume good. open. The sign's still up, but the Marine Drive Vancouver location uh, okay. down by McDonald's. Well, it's never by, it's never fun when a Denny's closes. Uh, it's never a good day down no. by. Uh, you guys do stuff like this every day on this show, huh? Talk like this. Yeah, we there's like maybe four percent sports. And really? The rest of it is about Denny's. Really? Yeah. Still have listeners? People still listen? They prefer this. Well, they don't want to hear the guys talk about the Canucks. I've heard it's because it's just they start crying. It's they, sad. It's depressing. It's depressing, but yeah. Uh, but anyway, oh, I guess they are on a three-game winning streak. The, yeah, that could be worse. The Marine <laughs> Drive Vancouver location, I understand, is closing. But it used to be Denny's is not cheap anymore. When I was a kid, a long time ago in the '40s. You could go get a Grand Slam for like three bucks. I thought you were going to say like a nickel. Oh yeah, it was like <laughs> it was like going to the King's Head or something in uh, in Kitsilina, which is still open. I don't know if they still have their three or four dollar breakfasts over there, but you could get the Great Grand Slam for three or four dollars. So you're looking at twenty twenty five bucks probably now for the Grand Slam. Uh, anyway, uh, Dan- Surrey Ryan says Denny's. I digress. Denny's All American Slam perfect dinner for breakfast: cheesy scrambled eggs, hash browns, bacon, sausage, and sourdough toast. For din- that actually sounds great. It does. I'm actually you know, may I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Can somebody deliver this to us? Is that may, yeah, Denny's, if you're listening, we're over here on Ash Street. Yeah. Uh, fried chicken and waffles, Dan. There you go. We're, we're getting there. <laughs> 
<laughs> one out of Dan two. Dan would suffer bad. through the waffles for the fried chicken for dinner. <laughs> Man, uh, fried yeah, exactly. Fried chicken and waffles. Yeah, I like I like me some uh, fried chicken. That's also a good thing. Uh, anyway, keep them keep them coming. Uh, Meat lover skillet at Broadway by Kit's Pub. Uh, I don't, I don't quite get it. Kit's Pub is that a place still? Uh, anyway, uh, thank you for that. Thanks, Meat Lover Skillet, for dropping that in. And lost the Big Denny's on West Broadway. That was near Broadway and Hemlock years ago. It's been an empty parking lot for five years. No reason. Yeah, I'm waiting for them to put condos up there because that's what they're doing in Vancouver's Marine Drive location. It's condos. I was going to say, Andy, they're putting condos up so someone's cooking breakfast. You can yeah. still go to your Denny's and condos see Condos everywhere, man. Condos everywhere. See if someone... One of my will... favorite bars on Denman closed right when I moved in there. And there's condos going up instead. And I was like, oh, so bummed. Knew you were coming. But uh, I'm sure you just show up at somebody's door on Marine Drive if they tear the one down in North Van. Knock on the door. I'm sure it'll give you a grand slam. Maybe cheaper, too. Uh, but Denny's, Beano's, and Dino's, and places like this, th- those were the go-tos for us for breakfast. Beano's, and there was a Dino's as well. Gigi's Pizza's no longer. That used to be a good old-fashioned pizza joint. It's no longer on uh, Broadway as well. Near Main Street between Maine and Camby in Vancouver, shutting that day, baby down too. And but have you ever been? Here's the free plug: Trocadero's on First Avenue. I have heard of it. I have not been. Oh, uh, Nanaimo actually near Nanaimo and First. Yes, I have heard of it. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh, Dan, I'm making sex noises again. Oh. <laughs> K- keyword again. Um, <laughs> no, I um, you know what, I'm. I'm Trying to, I'll, I'll pose this to you and the listener as well. What What is the sweet spot for Denny's? Because for me, Denny's just hits at a total another level between the hours of, but betwixt the hours of 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. Mm. I think if it's after midnight, uh, you're having a pretty good time at Denny's probably. Yeah. If you're yeah. showing up there after midnight, you're going to be happy with whatever you get. It's hard not to have a good time after midnight at Denny's. It's true. If you're hungry. That's how they should advertise. The I place, used to really. deliver pizzas years ago. Uh, so I have that in my, in my bag of tricks in case I really need to go back. And if you're a regular listener here in the program, or you've heard me before, you'll know I may need the pizza career again, but I used to deliver pizzas. We worked from 4 PM to 4 AM as a 16 year old. It was great. Frankly, their car, you just drive in a car for 12 hours, got paid for it. But at 4 AM when it would be okay, breakfast time. And we'd all go out to Beano's as a group and you wouldn't get home till 6 AM. You go back the next day, do it all over again. Those were the days. I wouldn't want to do it now, but those were the days. Beano's at 4 in the morning, and you'd have your bacon and eggs. Can you even get pizza delivered at 4 a.m. anymore? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that's a thing. That should be a thing, though. 3 a.m. Danny's after a night of drinking, says someone on the... Again, it's been done. Binions, the horseshoe, anywhere in Vegas at 3 a.m. is a good thing. Uh, I'm looking for... We need more! I've got some of them, but I'm trying to proofread through these things. Don't tell him robots, James says, don't tell him robots deliver pizzas now. Table saw James. This is a thing listeners It totally know. is. Yeah, from a, two or three months ago, I took a video in the West End of this pizza delivering robot because the local Pizza Hut was doing this trial system, the one on Robson Street, Robson and Demon pretty much. And if you ordered a pizza from that location, a delivery robot would deliver it to you, like an actual robot, not a person, 
and you'd be able to track it on your phone. And then this really, is, this, yeah, I'm not kidding you. I still have the footage and at Andy Cool 1984. You'll have to sift through it though. Um, it's somewhere up. How does on, this on my robot Twitter. where the robot wheels the robot, way through the? It literally the robot wheels its way up to your apartment or wherever. You have to meet it outside, of course. It doesn't know how to work an elevator. But the robot wheels itself up to your apartment, and there's this little code you have to enter into it when it comes up to you, and then it just opens this little flap. Red hot, red hot pizza comes out, and you're good to go. I couldn't believe it when I saw Is it. it. On was, wheels? Is yeah, it, it's it, a it's it's a fully self automated robot a GPS system. So if you're walking the street. You might just see it. Well, not anymore. This was like for a one or two month period during the summertime. That sounds pretty cool. It, oh, I dude, when I saw it the first time, I couldn't believe it. I, I I had to stop for a second. Well, you would sort of figure out what I was looking at. I thought maybe somebody was controlling it at first, yes. but it was no. It was just this robot on its own doing its own merry thing. And so the pizza joint would send the robot yep. out, and it, if you're standing on the street, this robot just goes wheeling by, smelling yep. like Hawaiian pizza. Exactly. Oh, it was man. it was insane. That's crazy. I know. It's like something from the future. Someone's going to mug that ro- this Vancouver. So you couldn't get the pizza delivery job now because you've been replaced by robots. Bro. Yeah. Uh, see? See? Technology. Ch- yeah. Just chalk see. another one off the list. Yeah. Uh, I know. For, for what am I going <laughs> to do no now? No longer a fallback plan for Brooke. What am I going to do now? I always had that in my hip pocket. Uh, that's crazy, though. In Vancouver, that robot, I want to make sure people know, it probably, that would have been great for COVID time, too, when you don't want to. But that robot got mugged four or five times. Trying to get to Andy Cole's. Well, there was one that went through uh, uh, Philadelphia. This is a true story, and it got dismantled <laughs> before it made it to its location. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It got dismantled before it made it to its location. Man. So it didn't work everywhere, but I, it's an interesting concept. I don't know. What's your go-to pizza? We'll break in a minute, but since we're talking food and breakfast here, what's your go-to pizza, Andy? Uh, pepperoni, pepperoni, mushroom, extra sauce. Really? Yeah. Pretty, pretty basic extra sauce, though. Uh, yeah. Dano, Dano, what's your pizza go-to? Pepperoni, chicken, green peppers. If it's totally up to me. And you just. That's weird. Almost. No waffles, almost though. Weird. Yeah, no put wa- a waffle on it. Waffles. <laughs> put a waffle on it. No bacon on there, too. You're not. And uh, I'm just, uh, if I had my go-to, other than, well, I do this at Trucadero's, too. It's great. These guys, should, next pizza should be on them, man. Uh, but I'm if I had my, I have two picks. One is just the basic Hawaiian. You can never go wrong with I don't know who the person that was that decided, let's put pineapple on a pizza, but it works. Uh, otherwise, you could. Someone in Hawaii, I assume. Probably. Uh, but uh, good stuff. And otherwise, if you pepperoni me with some red pepper and a little bit of hot sauce. I'm not going to pepperoni you, Brooke. You could pepperoni me if you wanted to. <laughs> Please don't ask me it to do that It was done to the Canucks the other night. Ask Brock Becker, Besser. You could pepperoni me. You could red onion me. Uh, and you you could also pesto me a little bit there at the same time, a little bit of hot sauce on top. And that is gold, Jerry. It is gold. When we come back, we're going to step up. That might have been a bronze first hour, so we're going to step up and move up, try and get the silver here, and I know it's going to come. Murata Tesh is joining us, and Frank Saravelli. Both we got hockey talk for you, Winnipeg Jets talk with the Athletics, Murata Tesh. And some general hockey talk for you, too, from Frank Saravelli. I will ask him that question, who falls in, who falls out in the West? See what he comes up with as well. Stay with us, Brooke Ward, Dan O'Connor, A. Cole. Doing the damage here today with Halford and Bruff off until next week. The wait won't be much longer, folks. This is Sportsnet 650. Bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Take some bacon and I'll put it in a pancake. Bacon pancakes, that's what it's going to make. Bacon pancakes.